Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe. Social media at Harp on Sports, Twitter, Instagram. Podcast available for you. Downloadable. Buzzsprout, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Of course, Harp on Sports, the Facebook page, YouTube channel, and HarpOnSports.com. What do we have in store for you on this edition? Uh, A Jaguar jumble, and it is a convoluted, crazy roller coaster of a week for them. Did they finally get it done? Still waiting on the details of this. If the rumors are true, then it looks like it's a fresh start, which they needed. And it doesn't matter how they got there. They got there. They got there. So, bravo to Shad Khan for finally figuring it out. At least it's a football move. It's a smart NFL football move, if this is true. So we're going to look at that. Also, Mike White waning. Um, yeah, maybe too many holes in this ship now. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough for Florida to get to 500 in the conference, which means they're probably not going to make the tournament. There's a guy that they should hire if they move on from Mike White. We're going to tell you what Mike Mike needs to do at this point to regain the faith of the Gator football fans and also what Mike White needs to do record-wise the rest of the way. And if they do move on, there's one guy they should hire. They won't, but one guy they should. So we're going to look at that. And also, the Big Ten going from nine games or kicking the tires on going from nine games to eight games in their conference. This is smart for them. The SEC doesn't need, you know, the SEC sits at eight. Does the SEC need to go to nine? I don't know, but boy, what the Big Ten is doing here is changing the dynamics a little bit when it comes to scheduling as we start talking from a 14 playoff to a 12 team playoff. So we'll look at that as well. Start off first with the Jaguars. Uh, what a roller coaster of a, a 24, 48 hour stretch. Byron Leftwich is the guy. Oh, Byron Leftwich may not be the guy. He's going to interview with the Saints. What, what's going to happen here? Vic Fangio. They interviewed Vic Fangio. We know they talked to Nathaniel Hackett, but who else are they talking to? Who else could be a candidate here? And look, they did their due diligence. Got a month head start on everybody. Did it matter at the end? It doesn't look like it. I will say this. I think fan pressure got Balky reassigned. Now, when I'm doing this podcast, I'm doing this videocast. We don't know whether or not Trent Balky, when I recorded this, is still in the organization in some capacity. I do know this, that the fans didn't want him. And Shad Khan and Tony Khan, especially Tony He's conscious to what's going on. He's an analytics guy. He sees what's going on. And, you know, Byron Leftwich didn't want to come. If Balky was still here, I get it. You may only get one shot at an NFL head coaching job. You want it to be a good situation. I get it. And now, look, if it's Adrian Wilson coming over from the Cardinals, pairing up with Byron Leftwich, what they did with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins out in Arizona, it's a, it's a smart path, isn't it? So what do you do if you're the Jaguars? Okay, well, here you got an offensive-minded head coach, former quarterback, played for you. And his offense, Tom Brady, is Trevor Lawrence, Tom Brady, no. But Tom Brady's taught Byron Leftwich a lot the last two years. He had to have. So is it a slam dunk, fantastic, oh my God, can't miss hire? No. But how many of those really are there? Pete Carroll wasn't that at Seattle. Bill Belichick wasn't that at New England. Was Andy Reid that at Kansas City? Was McDermott that in Buffalo? You get the quarterback, you get the right offensive-minded guy, and you go from there. Now, 
where does this organization go from here if this is it? Now, whether you know, there's talk that Balky may be reassigned within the organization. The best thing for them is just a clean split at this point. Clean it out. Start over. Here we go. Let's get a new look at this. The traditional way, Tom Coughlin, what that plan was, it worked for a year. Dave Caldwell coming from the Arizona, what, Dimitrov tree? Didn't really work out. Poor drafts. Poor drafts. Maybe one or two good drafts. Poor drafts for the most part. And then the players wouldn't stay happy here. Couldn't keep, couldn't keep them happy. For whatever reason. And then you have the next phase in all of this, which was what? And this Balky Urban Meyer thing. It's, it's This is it. It's okay. I like Josh McDaniels. It looks like he's going to head to Vegas. Guy was a coordinator for three of the 14 quarterbacks in the postseason. Helped develop all those guys. Pretty good job. Kind of knows what he's doing. And I think he'll help out, you know, Derek Carr. I think they're just going to get better and better and better. And better. I do. I do. So, I I like that move out there if that's where they're going to go. And I think the Jaguars did a nice job. Eric Bieniemy. I don't know why he's not getting a crack. I don't. Maybe he doesn't interview well. Don't know. But it looks like we're going to get a couple more African-Americans as head coaches, and that's a good thing. Not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Opportunity, it's a good thing. Brian Flores is probably going to be the head coach of the the Giants, and we're going to have four or five African-American coaches could use more. But I look around, and if I'm Eric Bieniemy, do I really, really want to be the coach? Like Hackett's going to Denver. They meet. They think Aaron Rodgers may head out to Denver. But if I am, if I'm Eric Bieniemy, do I want to be the head coach of the Dolphins? I want that job. Do I want to be the coach of the Vikings? Oh yeah, you want to be head coach? I don't, I don't, bad situations. Uh-uh. No. I would be the head coach of the Texans. I'd be the offensive coordinator in Kansas City. That'd be the head coach of the Texans. I would be. It's like certain college jobs. Being the offensive coordinator at Alabama is better than being the head coach at Virginia, isn't it? I mean, isn't it? So, again, where, where the Jaguars are. Now, now here's where it gets interesting for, for the Jaguars. If this is the plan, if this is the plan and it's a Leftwich plan and it's a Adrian Wilson plan and it's an offensive setup similar to what Arizona has with, again, like Kyler Murray and company, okay, Here's the rub of all this. The free agent crop on the offensive line and defensive line is poor. I went through and looked. Terran Armstead, offensive tackle. He's the best offensive tackle on the market. Orlando Brown could end up on the market with the Chiefs, but they're going to they're gonna franchise him. So, Terran Armstead, and the thing is, he's with New Orleans. They're in salary cap purgatory, so he's going to be available. But where are you going to put him? Are you going to make him your left tackle? Is that the guy that's going to protect Trevor Lawrence for the next decade? need to protect him now, and on that offensive line... As far as I look at it, the only guy that is a guarantee for the Jaguars this year is Jawan Taylor, right? He's in the final year of his deal. Brandon Linder, probably time to go. Andrew Norwell is going to be gone. Cam Robinson gone. I mean, you can rebuild this whole thing. Problem is, free agency is not that strong. It's just not. I looked around. A guy like Ryan Jensen is going to be the best offensive lineman available, and he's a center. Now, look, if you bring in Ryan Jensen from the Bucks and you draft Evan Neal, we're going to get to that in a second. And, oh, okay. Maybe sign a Lakin Tomlinson from the 49ers. Uh, okay. All right, now now you got something here. Now you got something here. But there's no Orlando Brown would be the only left tackle on the market that you go get. Now you can go trade for one. If you think somebody's unhappy or somebody's got a, an issue where they're trying to move on from somebody, the Ravens weren't going to sign Orlando Brown to a long term deal because they needed Lamar Jackson. They needed to spend so much money on so many other guys that they decided, now nah, we're, we're, we're we'll be fine. Lamar Jackson got hurt this year. Patrick Mahomes would have gotten hurt if the Chiefs didn't draft their offensive line issues or assess them. So. We're going to this. I look at the free agency and the defensive line as well. And, you know, the, the whole talk is Hutchinson, Thibodeau, and 
Evan Neal, right? That's going to be the debate. Von Miller, Chandler Jones are free agents on the edge. You know they want to pair somebody with Josh Allen? Those guys are it'd be a waste of money at their age. By the time they no, no, no. Jadavian Clowney. Put Jadavian Clowney up there, but it was Jadavian Clowney want to come here. You're gonna be talking buku bucks for these guys. Akeem Hicks. In terms of interior defensive linemen, you could bring Akeem Hicks in. And look, they may be active in the free agent market. Go get somebody like that. And who knows who's going to get cut because of salary cap situations. But the fact is, there is not that Thune. John Thune on the offensive line from New England from last year. That guy's not that guy's not there in free agency. There's not the jaw-dropping guy that can change the scheme of things available in free agency. They're just not. Not on the offensive and defensive line. And here's the other thing, too. You get right down to it. Defensive linemen are a lot more expensive. Rush ends are a lot more expensive than offensive linemen. If the gap's closing, they're a lot more expensive. Any elite offensive line talent's just not there. So, again, what do they do with their free agent money? What do they do in the offseason? By the looks of it, the structure where the Jaguars are going, Evan Neal will be the guy. If he, if, he, if he grades out the best, he's the best prospect. If you're the Jaguars and you've got Trevor Lawrence... A hodgepodge offensive line is not going to cut it. A second defensive lineman that you can stack with Josh Allen's a luxury. Protect your quarterback. This game's all about quarterbacks, quarterbacks, quarterbacks. You want to talk about building a defensive line? It's Evan Neal. It's the best offensive lineman available. If it's a tackle, you don't want to draft a guard. But if you grade Evan Neal as a 10-year starter and six foot seven monster from Alabama, then, then draft him. Offensive-minded situation in Jacksonville going forward, Evan Neal's going to be the pick. Should be. Especially with how weak the offensive line is in free agency. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> but overall, I think Jags did a nice job. They did. Hackett in Denver, I, I like it. It's an offensive guy. Okay, got it. A couple years with Aaron Rodgers. Okay. So you guys like Hackett, Aaron Rodgers, Byron Leftwich, Tom Brady, star quarterbacks get you hired. Especially in those situations. Both of those guys were in situations where the guy was coming in, was a sure bet Hall of Famer, or was already there in a Hall of Famer. Josh McDaniels, it, I just think he's a good hire. You develop quarterbacks, man. Jaguars have a generational guy. Do everything around him. Mike White waning. Oh boy, this is starting to get bad. The Gators sit there at what three and five in the conference, twelve and eight in overall. And you start to look around and go, okay. Now they have a game with Oklahoma State coming up. Probably need to win that one. You lose that one, then you're talking about having to go seven and three in your final ten games to make the tournament. Because six and four won't cut it. You lose to Oklahoma State this weekend. You're twelve and nine, and you go seven and three. That gets you what? Sixteen and twelve. That enough? Is it? Nineteen and twelve? Yeah, I think if you if you lose this weekend, you have to go seven and three in the conference the rest of the way. Now you can get in the conference tournament and win it, but this team's not winning the conference tournament. With Castleton out, he's your best player. He's out. Last year, Keontae, best player out. Mike White's a little bit snake bitten. But you look at the conference records the last four years, 9-9, nine and 11-7, nine, and 9-7, and 3-5. and five. I mean, he's going to have to go, what? And the only reason he was 9-7 and seven last year is a shortened season, remember, because of COVID. So he's going to have to go 8-2 and two to get to 11-7. and seven. He's going to have to go 8-2 and two to get to 11-7. and 7-3, seven. Seven, I think, is a pipe dream, and 7-3 and three gets you to 10-8. and eight. What's more likely? 6-4 and four at best, which gets you to what? 9-9, nine 9-9, and, nine. Nine and, nine and again, 18 and 12, if you beat Oklahoma State 19 and 12, that probably gets you in. But then you get in, you know, there's such an apathy around the fan base. Eh, eh. What does Mike White need to do to keep his job? Surefire, slam dunk, Sweet 16. Mike White goes to the Sweet 16, he's not going anywhere. Can he get to the Sweet 16? Not without Castleton. With Castleton, can they get to the Sweet 16? Boy, it's going to be a rub. It's going to be tough. Because even if they get in, 
You know, you could, they could be a play-in game for an 11 seed. And if you knock off an 11 seed, then you could knock off a six. Then you have to turn around and knock off a three. Yeah, you could get, you could get there. Yeah. You get an eight, nine game, your floor. What are you going to do? You're not going to play Auburn. Who are you going to play? You play Duke. That's what you're going to do. What stud are you going to play in the second round? See, that's what's going to be tough for him. It's going to be very, very tough. Is there a path there? Yeah. Is the talent there? Yeah, they're just too inconsistent right now. It's missing that spark. Now, major universities usually don't do football and basketball coaches in the same year. They don't. So, boy, Scott Strickland's got his work cut out here. If it doesn't work out and Mike White is gone, you know, who do they hire? I know we're speculating with, and it's January. The guy I'd hire is Kevin Ollie. Willie? Probably not. It's a guy I'd hire. Kevin Ollie's show cause penalty ends on July 2nd. Now, can you sit around and not hire a coach until July 2nd? I don't know. Probably not. You have to get in front of the NCAA after July 2nd and explain why. Before July, if you hire Kevin Ollie, you have to explain to him why. Now, here's the thing. Kevin Ollie was running camps disguised as practices. That's that's not good. But impermissible benefits with NIL, those things are forgotten. Impermissible benefits. Well, now with NIL, we're good. Like Calvin Sampson was texting players when he shouldn't have. NCAA told him to stop. He kept doing it. He got fired in Indiana. What happened to Kelvin Sampson? Oh, he just goes to Houston and takes him to the Final Four. He's a good basketball coach. Very good basketball coach. So Kevin Ollie, Ke- Kevin Ollie is Kelvin Sampson and Bruce Pearl. Except Kelvin Sampson never won a national title, neither did Bruce Pearl. Kevin Ollie did. That's the guy. Somebody's going to hire him. Louisville, somebody's going to hire him. You want Bruce Pearl's done at Auburn? Do you, do you want what Kelvin Sampson's done? Because that's who Kevin Ollie is. He may be a little bit better. What will Florida do? Is it Travis Siegel? He's the head coach at Xavier. He he seems to be a Billy Napier type of dude. Straight, you know, forward, building this the right way, gonna take some time. Xavier's top fifteen team. He he's done a nice job building it. That that, that would probably be a, the direction they would be going in. I don't know. We'll see. But Mike White, I think to keep his job sweet sixteen, is there a way that he could make the tournament and win one game? Look, if if Florida would make the NCAA tournament as a nine seed, which would be a stretch right now, but let's say they make it as a 10 seed and they knock off a seven and they lose on a buzzer beater to Duke. It's not then Then he'd probably stay around, but there's not much glimmer here. And I'm doing best case scenarios. Mike white to get to 19 wins has to go seven and four, right? Seven and four. And that includes a game with Oklahoma state. And they still have Auburn in there again, Kentucky in there. Gonna be tough to get there. Gonna be very, very tough to get there for him. So I just look at this. I look at this franchise now, kind of like where the Utah Jazz are. It's like, okay, they're good, but that's not even fair. Um, Florida basketball is where, man. Good, but not good enough to get over the hump. Just kind of Virginia Tech football was last year. Florida basketball is where Virginia Tech football was last year. Fair example. Uh, okay, decent, you know. And apathy set in. And it doesn't help Mike White that there's all this energy around Billy Napier and there's no energy around him. We'll see. We'll see what happens there, but that's what should happen. And out of the box thinking. I wrote this down. Out of the box thinking. Don Staley. What? She's not qualified? Uh, I don't want a woman. Come on. 
Becky Hammond's good enough to be an assistant in the NBA. Don Staley has won national championships at South Carolina. South Carolina's constantly ranked where they are. So it'd be tough to get a guy to come play for them. Okay. The general managers that are women that have hired me as a sports guy, not going to go work for a woman. It's ridiculous. Would it be tough to recruit? I don't know. I don't know how tough it would be to recruit. I don't. Would she take it? I don't know. If you're Dawn Staley, would you? She'd probably take it. She'd probably leave South Carolina for Florida. She's a Virginia girl, so it's not like she is tied. It's not like her alma mater, South Carolina. If Florida moved on from Billy Napier, or Billy Napier, if they moved on from Mike White, I'd love to see him interview Dawn Staley. Love to see it. Will they? No. But she had more success, more qualified than some of the guys I'll interview. Uh, wanted to wrap with this. The Big Ten in football is going to, it looks like it, going to move on from their nine-game conference slate to an eight-game conference slate. This is smart. For the longest time, I was advocating to go from eight to nine, eight to nine, because you had to build your resume to be in that college football playoff. Go from eight to nine conference games. Go from eight to nine conference games. The SEC's been sitting at eight and debating nine. Here's the problem that the Big Ten ran into. Once the big the SEC, and it's changed. It, it has. It's changed. Once the SEC had a Texas and Oklahoma, all of a sudden the schedules became so stacked. Think about if you are LSU. And let's say they move Auburn and Alabama over to the west and Missouri to the east. No, yeah, let's say they move Auburn and Alabama from the west and Missouri out of the east over to the west. When you had Oklahoma and Texas. If you're a school like LSU, you're playing A&M, Oklahoma, and Texas. If you're Florida, you're playing... Auburn, Alabama, and Tennessee, and Georgia every year. If you are in the S, if you're in the Big Ten, yeah, Ohio State plays Michigan State and Penn State and Michigan, but that other division's terrible. Minnesota or Wisconsin, Iowa, it doesn't have that cachet. And to get two Big Ten teams in, you need some cachet. So the Big Ten's looking around, going, "Wait a second here." All those games against those other teams in that other division, if we're Michigan State, if we're Michigan, we're Ohio State, we're Penn State, we look over there and we got a bunch of Missouris and Nebraskas that are not going to do anything for us. So let's drop one of those crossover games like the Illinois or Northwestern crossover game. And the Big Ten's talking about going to, well, they're going to, the Alliance. They'll play one ACC and one Pac-12 team a game a year. So if you're Michigan State and you've got Michigan, Michigan State, and Penn State on your schedule, and you saw how good Michigan State was this year, and then you add to that a Florida State, or you add to that a Clemson and a USC or a Stanford or a Washington or a Utah. Okay, and they'll do it. You don't think for one second that Michigan State, or don't think for one second that Ohio State is going to play Syracuse and Oregon State. That's not what's going to happen. They're going to pair the big boys against each other and say, look at our schedule. Eight conference games and two big non-conference games? Oh, boy. The minute Oklahoma and Texas joined, the Big Ten has to go from 9 to 8 because you don't get enough quality games. You have to go outside of the conference to get those quality games, to get multiple teams in the playoff. Smart business. Smart move. If they do this. SEC can sit at 8. SEC can do it at 9 because they got so many studs, so many power programs. Big Ten doesn't have that because the one division is so terrible. And the Pac-12 can't do it. And the ACC can't do it. They need each other. Same thing. Clemson going through and mowing everybody out. Look, if Clemson's 10-2 and two at the end of the year and they're trying to get in the playoff and 
they're they went through the ACC and mowed through it, uh, but they have a win over Utah and they lost to Michigan, and they didn't win their division because I don't know. Pick another team won their division. Florida State won the division. All of a sudden, Clemson go look. We're ten and two, and look what we did out of the conference. It's smart, 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 smart. It is. The SEC dictated this with Oklahoma and Texas. I've always advocated for more conference games. Less is more. Less is more in the situation. Oh, really quick. Uh, uh, Hall of Fame, Cooperstown. Ortiz belonged. He got in. The most clutch postseason hitter in the last 30 years. Most clutch postseason hitter in the last 30 years should be in. Just like Mariano Rivera is the most clutch closer, most clutch pitcher. That's why he should be in. Who cares if Ortiz didn't play defense? Rivera didn't hit. So what? Uh, Bonds, Clemens, all those guys. Yeah, they, they should be in. They're not. They'll get in. But like the Pete Roses and the Kurt Schillings, no. Well, Kurt Schilling, look what he did on the field. He belongs in the Hall of Fame. All right, let's say, look what he did on the field. Everybody that says, look what he did on the field, he should be in. What if he murdered somebody? Would you put him in? The whole thing that doesn't matter, look what he did on the field. It's not a Hall of Morality. I get it. But where does your moral compass end? What if he hijacked a plane? I know I'm being ridiculous here, but this thing is, well, I don't care what he did. Look what he did on the field. Well, off the field does matter. Your behavior off the field matters. When you're, and I love Kurt Schilling as a player. Man, that dude was a beast. But he's a nut bar. He's a chocolate nut bar. And Pete Rose bet on his team to lose. Well, he only bet on his team to win. No, he didn't. If I bet on my team to win three straight games with a bookie, then I decide not to bet, a non-bet is a bet to lose. Look what he did on the field. So what? So what? He cheated. He got banned for life. He agreed to be banned for life. I don't zero sympathy for Pete. None. I love Pete as a kid. No sympathy for him. None. Zero zero zero. Tough. Spot of thoughts on the Hall of Fame there. Uh, next year there's a bunch of good guys, um, or two years that there's a bunch of good guys uh, that are going to be front and center. But I think they pretty much got it right. I do. By the way, the guy that did not get in that should get in is Andrew Jones. Dude won 10 gold gloves and hit 464 home runs as a center fielder. So this dude hit 464 home runs as a center fielder and had 10 gold gloves. You know who's got numbers like that? Willie Mays at center field. That's it. Good God. Good gracious. Andrew Jones should be in. Best defensive center fielder. 464 home runs. Harpon Sports, the bar. Podcast, audio, media, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harpon Sports, Twitter, Instagram. Also, you can grab a hold of the show. Spotify, Buzzsprout, Apple Podcast, Harp on Sports Facebook page, YouTube channel, and of course, HarpOnSports.com. Remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein, have fun with your friends.